0: Welcome to your Sunday Reader. Today we'll be discussing the readings for the 7th Sunday of Easter,
1: 2010. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked up intently to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And Stephen said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out in a loud voice, covered their ears, and rushed upon him together. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. The witnesses laid down their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell to his knees and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth.
1: The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth.
0: The Lord is King, let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. Justice and judgment are the foundation of His throne.
1: The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth.
0: The heavens proclaim His justice, and all peoples see His glory. All gods are prostrate before him.
1: The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth.
0: You, O Lord, are the Most High over all the earth, exalted far above all gods.
1: The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth. A reading from the book of Revelation I, John, heard a voice saying to me, Behold, I am coming soon. I bring with me the recompense I will give to each according to his deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the First and the Last, the Beginning and the End. Blessed are they who wash their robes so as to have the right to the Tree of Life and enter the city through its gates. I, Jesus, sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the Root and Offspring of David the bright morning star. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let the hearer say, Come. Let the one who thirsts come forward, and the one who wants it receive the gift of life-giving water. The one who gives this testimony says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The Word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one. As we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me, and that you loved them even as you loved me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world also does not know you. But I know you, and they know that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Hello, and welcome to your Sunday reader. I'm Father Brian, and I'm here with Dawn.
1: Hello, everyone,
0: and Don. Welcome back to your Sunday Reader. You were Thanks. gone last week. Um, yeah. We actually we just couldn't get our schedules to coordinate, from what I recall. <laughs> and then I, I had a crazy week last week. I had a couple of burials. And then I was heading out of town for my sister's graduation from medical school. So she's a oh, doctor right. now. Right.
1: Congratulations to her.
0: I know it's it's kind of scary. It was funny after uh, after the graduation. I was staying with my sister. So and and her roommate, who's also just graduated from medical school as well. And so every time one of those commercials would come on for any kind of medical thing, you know, they always ask you, ask your doctor if you know, Cialis <laughs> is right for you or something like that. So I just turned to them and say, is you know, Cialis right for me? Is this right for me? Is that? <laughs> you
1: know. that was pretty clever.
0: It was. It was. And I think they got tired of it. So <laughs> I'm sure they did.
1: <laughs>
0: but um, anyway, we're not here to talk about medical problems today. We're actually here to talk about spiritual Ah, problems yes. and spiritual needs of people. And one of the things that struck me, Don, is this first reading story, the um, story of the martyrdom of St. Stephen, who was the first martyr in the church, or at least the first one that we've got any record of. Mm-hmm. So we celebrate him as the first martyr of the church. A martyr, of course, is somebody who gave their life for the faith. <clears throat> and Stephen. Did that one of the interesting things about this martyrdom is not only the fact of what martyrdom means for the church in the terms of that people believed this faith to the point that they were willing to die for it to show you how strongly that they believed in the truth behind this faith, but also the fact that there was a young man named Saul who right. was present. That that I think becomes important, especially for Those of us who follow the larger picture of what's going on, because Saul is the person who will later be known as Paul and will have a conversion experience and will cease persecuting the Christians and become one of the greatest apologists, one of the greatest preachers of Christianity that really the world has ever known. And you can find his readings in a book called The Bible. <laughs> or his I've writings. Heard no, and we more. we obviously read Saint Paul's <laughs> stuff all the time. Um, but one of the things that that's always powerful when talking really about any of the martyrs is that question of you know how strong their faith is, and it always makes me wonder if put in that situation, what I would have done. Would I have denied Christ and saved myself, or would I have? you know, stood up for the faith and professed it even to the point of death. You know, ideally, we'd like to all say, I'm sure that, you know, we'd have the strength and the courage to stand up for the faith. But, um, you know, sometimes it, it's hard for us. And, I mean, in, we know that we're weak and we've sinned in small ways. So I always wonder, in those big ways, you know, what would happen if I was ever called to martyrdom? Um, thank goodness I haven't been yet. But, um, you know, I guess in theory I could be. So... <laughs> Uh, it's it's one of those things that's worth, um, you know, thinking about. And I think praying over is also the the notion of to what level do we stand up for the faith? A lot of times, you know, when people, you know, don't want us to profess our faith in public or do we apologize for being Catholic rather than, you know, professing that and saying, no, we actually believe this and we believe that we have truth in this or do we kind of shy away from it um, and are we afraid of being, you know, labeled like a Jesus freak or something like that? So I think that's a good question for us to ponder on,
1: you know, I was just thinking as you were talking, a lot of times, uh, as Catholics, we think that well, I don't know everything, so I can't stand up for my faith. I'll just be quiet over here in the corner. and and I guess it's just a word of encouragement that. We will never know everything. You will never be able to one hundred percent you know convince somebody else you, It's not a guaranteed, but mm-hmm. just to be willing to say, "You know what, I don't have all the answers, but this is what I believe, and this is why I believe it is a very powerful and so it's just a word of encouragement to anybody out there that mm-hmm. might be struggling you know with a family member or a coworker that you know, just right. have courage. <laughs> right.
0: And there's many ways that this can be done, too. I mean, some of it is just as simple as, I mean, it doesn't have to be where you're giving a discourse on theology to exactly. somebody who's, you know, either a Protestant or a non-believer. It's just a matter of witnessing to your own faith. So whether that's, you know, you're doing service and you just happen to talk about your service in terms of your faith. This is a response to my faith in Jesus, and this is why I you know, do this service project or this work, or this is why I'm the way I am is because of this faith. It doesn't have to be a theological discourse, you know, getting into metaphysics and things like that. It can just be a simple statement of this is what I believe, and so this is why I act the way that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that itself is a witness to the faith, because people will say, oh, this person is a good person and they do it because they're they believe in Jesus Christ. Right. So now Don, you had some thoughts on our gospel reading.
1: Well, you know I um I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but as I was reading through the um the passage and mm-hmm. then I have a book with some discussion questions or thought provoking questions. And it refers to the line in the gospel where, let me see, I just saw it Father, they are your gift to me. So Jesus is telling, in his prayer, he's recognizing that his disciples and the people in his fold are gifts to him. And then this reflection question said, Jesus sees me and all his disciples as the Father's gift to him. And speaking as someone myself that struggles with self-worth sometimes, that thought that Jesus sees me as a gift is revolutionary. And it's very, um, I don't even know the word. Sometimes in my mixed up brain, I think, well, God has to love me because that's the way it is. He has to love me. But it goes beyond that. Jesus sees us as a gift to him. And just that concept um, can change how you relate to, well, with yourself, with God, and with other people around you. That you are a gift. You are a treasured person. And so I just got to thinking about that and how important it is.
0: Yeah. And not only is it just that they're a gift, but that they're a gift from the Father. That we, mm-hmm. we're all a gift from the Father. So it's not just, you know, because cause let's face it, a lot of times, you know, we like to re-gift in our society. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But this is a gift from the father, the one who he loves the most. And, I mean, the way to think of this is that gift that you have, that that thing that you keep because it's got so much sentimental value to you that, that you would never sell it or give it away, you know, whatever it is, because, you know, it came from, you know, your mom, your dad, your godfather, you know, whoever it came from in your life. Um, but there are special things we have. You know, for me, one of the things that comes to my mind is, you know, like my chalice or something. You know, I'd, I'd never get rid of that or sell that. It's got so much meaning to me, it's tied up with my my ordination, my family, all that kind of thing. But that's the type of gift that we are. But even to a greater extent, because the love that Christ has for the Father is greater than the love that I have for my family, or that I have for the church, or even that I have for God, I can't match that love. So knowing how intense that love is, and then you say, you know, and he considers us a gift from the Father, you know, how important we really are to him. It's not We're not just objects in in kind of a game being played out. And we're not even just, um, you know, all these people that I had to come down and die for or something like that. Um, We are seen as a gift by him and That's really important for us to understand. Um, You talk about it in terms of people who struggle with their own self-esteem, and that it's really important there. The other thing, though, it's also important for us to recognize is that others also fall in that same category. So we need to treat others with that same kind of dignity, um, showing that they are a gift from the Father to, to Christ and therefore a gift to all of us.
1: You know, I was remembering a workshop I went to once, and the presenter was talking about God's love for us. He was specifically talking about ministry, or I guess it was a woman, and she was saying, you know, sometimes we think we need to get filled up with God's love and then go dump it on other people, and which results in us being empty. Yeah. She said the correct way to view this is to think of like a fountain coming down, and you're the spirit plastic cup so the function comes down and it fills your cup and then you're not going to dump that cup on someone else but the cup is going to be so full that it overflows on other people Mm -hmm. and so I think this and so you're sort of sprinkling on other people instead of dumping God's love on them they're sprinkled with God's love so you're filled the other people become filled and it sort of ties this whole everything we're talking about together Um, just that concept of we are filled with God's love, and then because we are so full, it overflows onto other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's—I think—you're right on there. You know, going back, one other thing that I just wanted to touch with that—that um, that whole idea of us being a gift. Um, that next line, I think, is equally important. Where you, you had the line, "Father, they are your mm-hmm. gift to me." Well, the next line says that I wish that where I am, they also may be with me. I mean, that, that's also a really powerful line when you think of it. And this is like, you know, the child with the blanket who, you know, takes it everywhere. You know, I don't want to be separated from the blanket, kind of, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, Who's at Linus on, on Charlie Brown, right, with the with the blanket. Yeah. But, I mean, that's how much God loves us, that he doesn't want to be separated from us. Jesus does not want to be separated. He, it we're such a valuable gift that he doesn't want to spend any time apart from us. And he wants to be with us wherever we are. Mm -hmm. or he wants us to be actually the right way to phrase it is he wants us to be with him wherever he is. So that's really an important thing too. And it should really encourage us because we know how valuable we are and it should encourage us to do what we need to do so that we may also be with him. Um, You know, which goes back to, you know, doing those good, good works, doing, following the will of the Father, you know, encountering him in prayer, encountering him in others, all those types of things that we're constantly talking about on this podcast. I think that really comes out in this reading that we need to be doing those things. Anyway, Dawn, we are coming to the end of the podcast for this week. So we thank everyone for joining us this week, and hopefully they'll join us next week on your Sunday Reader. Have a good week. God bless.